Simmons. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Welcome to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, um, where two blokes that have known each other for 30-odd years get together, talk about everything to do with Essendon, sport, pretty much anything. My name's Grant Hill. Well, with me is uh, is Scott. Hello, everyone. Today, we're, uh, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to have the game review, um, the Essendon Dogs game review. Um, we're going to do the to tag or not to tag, that is the question. Uh, we're going to look at the upcoming Blues game, uh, the chance of rain, selections, um, and we're also going to discuss the best 22 for Essendon uh, in a few years' time. I really like this one. Um, I think this one is going to uh, it's going to be an interesting topic. Um, the next one we're going to cover is the, the top five most important moments since 1980 for the EFC. I think this is going to be a really interesting one. And uh, then to wrap it up, we're going to do a movie review of the week. And it's Nice Guys, an interesting one from Scotty there. You chucked that one in, I liked it, I liked it. Well, on to the first one, the game review, what do we think? Well, obviously, most of us are pretty disappointed with the game and the result. Um, Or as as I'd I'd like to call it, the, oh my lord, can we stop butchering the ball going inside 50 game. Yeah, it was, uh, it's one of those games where you felt we could win the whole game if we just polished our skills. Uh, Michael Hurley's foot wasn't real good. We're going into 50. We, the amount of times where we, we were just, we were at 60 kicking into 50 and it just was over their heads. They had to do that old fashioned stop and prop and throw their hands behind their head. And it wasn't like they even got close to their hands half a dozen times. It was straight over the top. And then the dogs did what the dogs do. They, if you turn the ball over at your centre half forward, they with three kicks or four kicks will have it inside their fifty in less than ten seconds. Yeah, it, it really made us pay. Yeah, look, it was um, it was it was a really disappointing result. There was a lot of hype up to the game. Um, I felt like our effort was quite good. Um, I just felt like. Um, some of the just the basic things again broke down a little bit and one's running two ways so our, our midfielders just struggling to get back on on their opponents um, and then I thought our defense was again probably in a couple of weeks in a row just a little bit off um, our forwards look our forwards are quite good <laughs> hooker who we bragged about oh last man didn't rags have... <laughs> to riches the boy <laughs> Didn't have one of his best games, and um, I just wonder if that actually media during the week had a little bit of a funny effect. He seemed a bit timid, um, but dropping marks that I've never seen him drop before. Oh, that's his game. Him, that's so. his game. Is his yeah, hands. Yeah, he had clear one-on-one um, matchups, and the ball came into him, and he had great positioning. Everything mm. um, got his man out of the way, and just simply just dropped some marks, and and. Um, <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do it. We're not I talking. To, no, don't. We're not talking about the goal line thing. We're just gonna move on. Yeah, I can't. I can't. If I watch that goal on the goal line where he tried to play on, then um, I don't think I could live with myself anymore. Oh man, I, I was sitting on your couch and we we're watching it, and the you, you see the ball coming in, you see how deep Kale is, and you think, oh, BOT, there's a goal. Yes. He's in the goal square, you're thinking, great, take the mark, walk back, and I could kick it with my left foot. And then what possessed the man? What possessed the man to think? Um, yeah, it was, um, it was just one of those games. It was just yeah. constantly, consistently just uh, some errors. Um, yeah, like you said, we're running in and just some basic 20, 30 meter passes. Yeah. Got guys alone are just going five metres over their head and like crucial plays. I know. There's some couple down the stretch in the last quarter and we had them like, I think it was like six points and we were running down. We had a clear run to goal and we just messed Because we did that well. I mean, when, yeah. when we ran towards goal, when we when we had Connor running off half back or we, we had some run out of half back, we looked really good running into forward 50 and then you that little 30 metre pass to somebody at 
inside the square near center half forward would just go over their head yeah. or inside 50 the ball would go over their head or kale would drop the mark and it really seriously cost us and the dogs they're too good they're too professional murphy in the back line is too good and they're to to not make you pay for those kind of mistakes and i guess and do you know what um there's there's some games often i say we don't lower lower our eyes enough we actually, in a weird way, lowered our eyes too much. We had they had the smallest defense, and we had a the best forward full forward in the comp. Two hundred centimeters mm. on fire, clear one on ones, and this was this was the actual game to actually start bombing it mm-hmm. because he looked so dangerous. Like for oh, me, they had nobody he actually should have kicked a nine or ten. Yeah, they had nobody that could stop um, So. Just simple things like that. Identify what's happening in the game. Identify who's hot. Um, but look, Joey was obviously the huge positive. Um, he's leading the Coleman. I mean, people remember he, he didn't have a full preseason. Mm. So this is a sensational year he's having. Oh, man. I, he has flicked a switch and gone to the player we all sincerely hoped he was going to be. He's there now. And that I thought, we were we were just wasting during the the saga year, and I thought, man, we that kid. I hope we don't waste him. He's just he's plucking everything now. His hands are great. He's I can't believe just quietly. Don't tell anybody, uh, uh, guys and girls. But why do people allow Joey Danaher five or six steps at a pack? Like they, he every time I see him, he gets his yeah. five steps and he gets the ability to leap at the ball. If he takes off from the ground and he hasn't got someone hanging on him, his arms and being two hundred centimeters, no one's getting anywhere near it. Nobody. Yeah, well, he's an interesting player because you go, why is that opponent playing two meters in front of Joey? And you go because Joey gets a run up, and what's been happening lately, he marks over the top of them. Mm. But then you actually have to consider what if he, what if that defender plays behind him and he's two hundred centimeters, and you, Joey's on the on the lead. You're nowhere near him. That way. No. And that's, that's the beauty of Joey. <laughs> the, another preseason and another say three four kilo of muscle. I just I'm wondering who in the comp. Like, yeah. is there anybody in the comp that matches up on him well? Like, apart from like Rance will probably do a good job on him or something. But no, Joey still played okay then. But but I don't think not, there's. there's not many. No, like, I mean, we've got a lot of years out of Joey to come and there's no real big Silvani-like full backs or anything that are going to really give Joey a problem. So I tell you what, there are times, and I think maybe it's the, the way Essendon are learning under Wusher, there's times where maybe they need to do exactly what you said. Just yeah. um, just continue to, to kick it long. Yeah. Just the, the maybe the bailout to Joey is the go and have Raz at his feet. I think that might be the good idea. But mm, Kale, we, we mentioned Stuart last week. Yes. Um, and he's now um, he's now uh, gee, his form is incredible. Uh, well, he's playing out of his skin. A hundred percent agree. Like he, I, I think, would be pretty honest to say that he um, came to the club as a bit of a top up, a bit of a backup. We got him real cheap. And I tell you what, you can't fault the kid. Like he's he's an athlete. He's tall. He's thin. He's um, fit, and he's presenting really well. One thing I would say about him is that I think I'd love to see him with a bit more of a four quarter effort, a bit more of a. Sometimes he goes a little bit missing, and I guess I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because we've got so many options. Like Raz takes a lot of the spotlight. Waller takes some spotlight. Hooker's there taking marks and Joey D's Joey D. So I don't suppose he's going to be able to kick six in a game because we've got so many options down there. But yeah. just would be swatching to the other end of the uh, the ground for a minute. Hurley. Hurley was an interesting one for me. I mean, the man's a beast. I love him. Absolutely love him. Having a, um, a BNF type year. But... His foot was a little bit off. He like he wasn't clunking marks as well as he as he usually did. I think there was a, a few of those factors, like a few of the players were just a bit off that game. Yeah. I think. But having said that, it's a positive for us is that we could have won it. We could have won it till right at the end of the game. Could have won that. Go and we're right in that game. Absolutely. And look with Michael Hurley, 
The good thing is he battled all game, and he got look. He still got thirty possessions, would you believe? So um, he's. I thought he fought back well. I thought his first half was he just wasn't using the ball well, and, yeah, and just not clunking marks that he often takes. Um, so there's just something a bit funny with him, but he fought through really hard. And look, he's a his opponent didn't really do much damage. So no, you're right. To, you are right. Give him some, and look, he was in the coach's votes. So yeah, I suppose. So they obviously saw something. I thought. Darcy Parrish actually was fantastic. So did I. That's the best game he's played for the Essendon Football Club. Yep, he um, was everywhere. And I really liked it that it was a big game. Like, I and he came out on fire probably more than any other player. Yeah. In the in uh, for both teams, he was the first 15, 20 minutes of that game. It was a Darcy Parrish show. Again, I think if there's if there's going to be some players going at the end of the year, and if any of them are midfielders, I think. I mean, Stanton probably, but there's a kid that is about to take, I reckon, the next Joey D kind of step to being a real seriously good midfielder. I think we're talking 25, 28 possessions a game kind of midfielder if they chuck him right in the middle and do it. So really impressed with him. Um, He looked good. Waller, I saw Waller running a lot. I saw him... Chasing a lot of the time, but yeah, not didn't really. Didn't have the same impact as normal, did he? Yeah, didn't have the same real impact. So but then we come to uh, Mr. Johannesson. Yes. Well, and probably leading us into point number two on the agenda. Look, to just, tag. Just or before not we tag. get into the tag part, look, the, the side... For me, I had to think about it overnight. I got a lot more relaxed the next day because um, I could see our growth area, I can see what we need to improve on. And I, I suddenly became a lot lot more calmer, as much as I'm very passionate when we lose and, and win. Um, but when I sort of had an overview, and, and there's been a lot of talk about some plays didn't play well, and I know Job and a few others, um, probably Myers didn't have his best game, and Hooksy didn't have his best game. But the interesting part to me is, like, you mentioned those kind of names, and they're, they're actually the older players. Um, and then you got the the Joey Danahar. We're talking about Parrish. We're talking even about Happel. Um, um, even Conor McKenna's drive through the middle. James Stewart. And then these guys are twenty five and under. Um, and that's what I like. Mm. I, you know, it's not doom and gloom. Oh, the, dude. The, yeah. No. 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 The don't, don't get me wrong. The side will progress a lot better with experience, with cohesion. Hundred percent um, agree. So once I kind of thought about it more, I went. You know, I'd love to win because I'd love these guys to play finals. Um, but in all seriousness, there's so much room for improvement. Like a guy like um, Laverde or Laverdi. Oh, Laverdi? I got told. I got told on Twitter that I should be pronouncing it um, Laverdi. Laverdi. Right? People can, can, can Mate, correct me. E- email us the lunchtime catch up at uh, gmail.com with how it's supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be said, or get hold of Scott's Twitter or. But. Even with even with a guy like him, there's obviously a lot of calls that he needs to go back to the VFL. I'm not so sure myself. I I liked the fact that guys like Connor McKenna got some time, got some experience, and this is an A A grade player in the future, in my view. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not I'm not sort of in the in the business of just putting him back into the VFL. I want this kid to get as many games under his belt. Um, so look, I in all short the. I think the future is actually really positive for the guys who are playing well. And I'm, I mean, and all them, the all, future, all the young players. The future, I mean, for the next few games, like too. I mean, the, the future is clearly bright. We've got young kids coming through, really good-looking kids like yeah. Ridley and that stuff. But I reckon everybody needs to do that thing again. Is this is the first season under Wusher? It's the first season that half these guys have played together for a good long time. Well, first season under Wusher, I guess. With the new group, obviously with the new group, yeah, absolutely, the, the yeah, 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 absolutely. The, the first under very with his, mixed group last year, absolutely. With with the ability this for him is, to full squad, yeah. yeah, to put his full squad in with his full game plan um, and be able to to show that to the entire side and then have them mesh together. And you and I even spoke today at lunch lunchtime catch up. Um, Th- that's how this whole thing works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we said, what did we expect at the start of the year? And now I would have said twelve or thirteen wins. Hmm. Um, if, if if and that would be really positive if we got to that kind of margin. Now we're on nine wins and we've got four games left, and I think we can win three of the last four. Yep. If that happens, even if we don't make finals, 
and went to 12 wins, I still think that's a huge positive. It's because we've still got a lot of kids that were unearthing, and there's a lot of kids still to go. Still to go. So Francis and all these guys went fully fit. Absolutely. There's still Langford is definitely a senior player in my book. Yeah, I'm not, not quite sure why he's not in the side. Not quite sure. Yeah. It's a, that's an old. It's an argument we can. It's have the next day. half an hour. But yeah. In, in all seriousness, he, I still think the club thinks he's a future big player. Oh, they've put and a lot of time and effort into him. As a midfielder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the kind of the job replacement, and in, in some ways, of that big body, um, sort of clearance. Yeah. So there's so much excitement still for me mm. for the future, and I'm starting to get a bit more perspective around that, and and a bit more relaxed about it. But I'd still look myself as I would love to play finals. But look, if we get 12 wins and for some reason percentage or so we don't happen to make it, I still think it's been a positive year. Absolutely, man. Um, absolutely. And in every aspect. I mean, we're getting close yeah. to 68,000 members. So. And that, I tell you what, that, all the Bomber fans listening to this, well done on 68,000, man. That's it, that's incredible. So we're now, as far as, as in today, the number one um, biggest crowd average side in the AFL. We just overtook Richmond. That's insane. That's brilliant. And you think about that. Like, we're now leading every other team on average attendances at a game. And can I just say, we're going to talk about the Carlton game, but can I just really encourage Essendon fans to keep going to our home game? So Carlton's this week. Let's finish off the year. No matter what happened with the Bulldogs, finish off the year strong as fans. Really support them. Come out thousands of numbers. I want to like a bit of a statement at the end of the year to say we were the number one biggest crowd. Mm-hmm. We had a profit of over three million that covers off our debt. I want the AFL and AFL fans to understand that this club's coming back with a force together yeah. to get absolutely so united. Keep going to these members' games. Sorry, home games. I just can't encourage you enough. It's almost at the end of the year. We've only got two or three left. I think it's maybe two home games left. Um, so, oh no, three game, three home games left. So just make sure we finish off the year strong as fans as well. And yep. I just wanted to say that. Absolutely. So the tagging question. So the tagging question. To tag or not to tag, that is the question. And for me, tag. Yeah, well, I think it's a good time to actually um, have a bit of a listen to John Worsfold and what he had to say. So um, we just got a little bit of a recording and let's see what he has to say. Throughout this year, we've probably used what we would call a run with player three or four times uh, through the midfield. Um, No one's really picked it up uh, and we don't promote the fact and I won't tell you which games they were in, but we were really pleased with the jobs that were done. But it wasn't bringing in a straight uh, shutdown player. It was using one of our midfielders who's got great concentration and the ability to match up an opponent, attack them and get off them and, and play as well. Uh, so you're, you're weighing that up at, at all times. So uh, even the, the, the great win we had against Geelong, we didn't specifically tag Selwood or Dangerfield. We believe we had uh, a style that would go into that game that would be good enough to overall win the game. Not, not just in terms of volume of possessions that one player gets, but in terms of balance around the ball, um, midfield, forward and back, that we, we backed it in against the Cats and we had a great win. That's an interesting press conference from Wusha. Um, an interesting statement to say that he has actually um, tagged uh, sort of five times. A light tag, yeah. yeah a light tag um, five times. I, uh, I would have liked, oh, sorry, four times, did he say. I must admit I would have liked to have seen a fifth one against the Doggies, John, but... Um, it wasn't to be, but at least I think he understands. Um, I think he understands. Maybe I think the not the point has got across to him, but I think I think deep deep down he would have liked to have seen a bit of a, a tighter tag on Johannesson, maybe. Yeah, look, it's a it's an, it's an interesting debate, um, and look, I my personal view, and it's always hard to say these kind of things because look, can we just say after off the bat, you know, last week we have, we mentioned Wusher as well. This is what footy fans do. We're a huge supporter of John Worsfold. He was definitely the right signing at the right time. Completely agree. So, I, you know, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I had, I had the same arguments with James Hurd, with Matthew Knights, with Kevin Sheedy. It doesn't matter how much I revere them, love them. We're this s- is what fans do. We absolutely. see a game and we're go, oh, still we allowed to do it. Wrong. Are, yep. So, look. And we're obviously speaking naively with not... With perfect 50, 50 hindsight. Yeah, yeah. So, look, I think just my view is that 
I think the harder tag can come into play. Um, and and we should kind of use the example of Dame Beams um, uh, getting 40-odd touches, yet um, West Coast won by 10 goals. But I just have a different view to that because uh, he's obviously saying that the Eagles didn't, you know, they let Beams do what he want, but they still won by 10 goals. But they should win by 10 goals <laughs> We over the Lions at NWA. I, I, to me, it's more what happens in a final, what happens when you play a team that's closely matched to you, um, where I believe sometimes tactically you need to be more sound, you need to be more ruthless. Um, and if there's, if there's a, identifying a player that can sort of tear the game apart, then I think sometimes you have to address it. I, I still believe it's the next stage we need to get to. I, I totally understand the part of Essendon um, backing their own game plan, backing themselves, backing the whole midfield setup um, to beat the other midfield. But I'm sorry, there's just some players that can be so damaging that if you don't have a body on them, and I'm talking about a hard tag, not just a light run with player. Um, then if you can shut them out of the game, it does have a big impact on your chances of winning. That's my view personally. Absolutely. And again, like just to reiterate what you just said then, we, we, we love John Mercefold and I completely agree that he was the best selection, absolutely. But in the, the, the perfect hindsight on this sort of thing, <clears throat> excuse me, what, what would have been interesting would be, okay, if they wanted to stick to their game plan, which I can completely understand because it's serving us well. The only thing, the only thing I would have liked to have said is when Johannesson kicked a couple and started to look dangerous. And, and when you notice it in the game, to be able to make that pivot in your game plan to go, okay, we're going to chuck a hard tag on him. Whoever it is, tell McGrath just to live on the guy's right hip or whatever it is. But that, to... To, not, to sort of at the start of the game go, nope, we're not doing it. And then just at the end of the game going, well, we said we weren't going to do it at the start of the game. When you see Johansson on fire like he was, pivot and go, okay, cool. That part of the game plan isn't working. He's really hurting us. Let's see if somebody else can hurt us. Mm-hmm. Like, let's chuck a real hard tag on this guy and try and nullify him as best we can and make somebody else step up to the level of Johansson. Someone that might not have yeah. the level of skill that Johansson does. Well, could you... I'm just thinking on the top of my head here. Could you tell a Travis Collier, who's not a prolific ball winner himself, yep. to say, look, you go on Johansson, you've got the speed to stay with him, you just wear him like a glove. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's the kind of thing you could you could do. I'm just sort of throwing it, it out there. Absolutely. And, and it's just interesting to, to hear Wisham. I mean, he, he addressed it today like... Um, all good coaches should. They, there has been questions asked, and he's addressed it in the media. And again, no one—he had a good answer too. Absolutely, no one's no one's questioning his methodologies just yet. I mean, I I think the the coaching staff learnt a little something there that maybe they should have they should have tagged him, or maybe they should have realised halfway through or not. But it's a learning it's a learning curve for these guys, absolutely. Um, and that one was a, a decent lesson. And having said that, even with him on fire, we were close. We were real close, and yeah. that's when you look back and you think, yeah, but if we had a real hard tag on him for two of those quarters, mm, we would have maybe been real close to, to winning the thing. So, yeah. hey, um, just just to, to jump in for a quick moment, uh, I just want to address uh, a little issue that we're having with the audio at the moment. You guys are probably noticing that um, there's some audio issues. Maybe I'm only coming out of one speaker. Um, but we've got a couple of audio issues. Uh, I'm currently sitting in uh, Scotty's basement. Uh, we're sitting on a couple of chairs looking at a PC. Um, we're getting our, uh, our audio vis uh, sorted very soon. Um, so if you can just bear with us, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, we were expecting a guy to come in uh, this week to help us out on a few of the things. Um, but that didn't... Uh, he couldn't make it at the last minute, so he's coming in in a couple of days. So... Just excuse us for a while. Um, we know the sound's not of perfect quality. Um, it should be still fine for listening, but we really wanted to make it quite professional. Yeah. And we've got the um, equipment and all that ordered to sort of to do that. So just bear in mind with us for just this just this week again. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, back onto the good stuff. Um, agenda item number three: looking at the upcoming Blues game. 
Big game. Unex- <laughs> We've said that four weeks in a row. No way am I predicting this game because it's a Carlton game. Histor- history says we're favourites, so Carlton will win. <laughs> yeah, oh, so, man. So it's usually the uh, between the two sides, whoever's going underdogs is, is clearly favourites. You would hope we have quite a bit to play for. Um, but you know Carlton's going to see our jumper and they're going to they're going to be up for it. I agree. 100% agree. The forecast has a, a a chance of rain and that's my little bit of a concern. Yep. Um, I know we addressed a f- bit of it earlier in the year but we actually haven't played in the rain for quite a no. while. Um, and so when you play in the rain you the two sides become a lot closer yep. very quickly. Joey D Joey yeah. D gets nullified a little bit. Yeah. Um People like... Um, just our running handballing skill game. It's exactly um, correct, yeah. It gets reduced to just smarter, hopefully longer kicks, less handballing. Um, tell you what, if there is rain, there is rain. Here's a, uh, a prediction for me. Joe Watson, B-O- BOG. That's a big call. Watch it. I'm Watch still wondering it. if he's going to get up for the game. Uh, he looked oh, a bit, he looked a a bit tired on six-day break. Um, I, look, I think he will, but there's just... In the wet... V Carlton, if we if if it's wet and it's properly wet, Joe Bottom will come into his own. He will be the bloke on the bottom of that pack getting him out. That's just a little a little hint for you. Wow, there you go. There's a little hint for you. But no, I agree. It's for four weeks in a row we've said this every week that we play big game, big game against Carlton, big game against Collingwood, big game against the Doggies, big game against North Melbourne. Yeah, it's it's just another big game for us. And if, you, if you listen to. If you uh, see uh, social media, probably half the side list is uh, requested to be changed out. So, um, look, I I still think when finals are still up in play that they're going to still stick with a fairly similar side. I reckon there'll be a couple of changes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Langford? If, oh, no, I actually think Green okay. might, might come in with the, with the wet day. Yep. Um, Apparently he ran twelve kilometers on Saturday and ran really well and um, and he's quite fit so I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in. Ambrose is the interesting one. Yeah, he, he must be getting. He's probably a little bit closer. Yep. Um, apparently he ran out the game really well. Um, I mean he's one of the fittest dudes at the club, so running out the game is not going to be the problem. No, well, yeah. So it's I guess um, kind of match fitness. I'm not sure where he's at. Most of us missed the VFL because it was it was a similar time to yeah. the seniors. So. We're a little bit blind on that one, but for more reports, he played really well. Um, I got a little bit of feedback. They said Francis will sell it again, and um, I'm really liking actually Francis' last six to eight weeks. Are we going to see him this year? Are we going to see him again this year? Not quite sure. I mean, Harvey mentioned that he thought they will bring him in towards the end of the year. If we if we hadn't if we happen to lose a couple, I'd say yes. Okay. Um, but if the if we actually win a couple. And we're right in it, then it, they might be a bit more hesitant. Yeah. Um, but he's now had the longest stretch of consecutive games, and that's a really good sign. Yeah, that that's that's important. That's really what's important for his development at the, at this stage. Um, uh, I'm hearing from a little birdie that he's. Uh, I love your little birdies. He, that um, he's enjoying his footy. That obviously he made the the quest request to Wusha to play down back, but I'm hearing that he's enjoying that. He has a bit more freedom there. Um, and it sounds like it's coming out in his play. He's playing quite solid now for for almost a month. Yeah, the, so, the, the talent is undeniable for that kid. It's just it's just getting match fitness, match continuity, everything like that. Hands yeah. on the ball. So look, I, I hope they do. I hope they do like a Connor play him the last three games of the year, win, lose or draw. Doesn't matter how he plays. Just put him in the side. Let him know that he's he's well and truly in our plans. Mm. And and let him play. But having said that, like you, like you just said, if we get anywhere real close to finals, maybe they probably won't play. But yeah, look, this week's game actually a lot of it hinders on a selection of Carlton. Would you believe with Cruiser having the mild concussion? I suspect they might play him. Or um, cause I don't know the concussion mild, thing. If if they do decide to rest him, then I go into the game very confident. Who's their Who's their backup? Ooh. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm not even quite sure, even myself. Wow. Okay. But he's he's been really good form this year. Yeah. And uh, if he doesn't play, then it really does give us first use of the ball. Mm. Um, though, saying that, we should have had first use of the ball with the Bulldogs. But um, for some reason, the Bulldogs midfielders 
rugged better to Bell James yeah. and our midfielders. Yeah, true. Which um, I'm sure that's being addressed midweek at training <laughs> about our setup and structures. Um, yeah. So I don't think they would have liked the old um, Bell Chambers tapped liberatory goal moment. Yeah, no, that's that's not how it goes in the in the textbook. <laughs> no, no. So look, it's. What do you say to an Eston Carlton game? It's always unpredictable. I love it. Never go get there. It's going to be a belter. It's going to be a belter. So, what I decided to do, I got asked and said, "Where do you see the best twenty-two in Essendon with the current list um, in a couple of years?" So I said, "Well, let me try and do a two thousand and nineteen side." I like this. This was this took a lot of time and effort from you. A lot of anguish over players, and there's a couple of players in there which. Oh look, it's going to be plenty of debate. Yeah, and this, so and I don't want to hear. We want to hear about I it. The lunch... Understand on social media. I'm Absolutely, the lunchtime catch up at Gmail. Let us know all about it. Social media, tell us all about it. So look, I'll, I'll go through my line by line of who I've picked, and look, this is obviously without any knowledge of who we're going to draft or trade in in the next two years. Yeah, so true. If uh, Kelly or Dustin Martin comes in. Trust me, I think you know where I where I have. He, there'll yeah. be a spot on the bench for him. So yeah. this is really just the list of players now, and if I pick the best twenty-two in two thousand nineteen, this is where I see the players progressing. So look, I'll go from the back line, um, and I've got Martin Gleeson taking the, a huge step this year. In the middle, Patrick Ambrose on the full back line, and. A little bit of a surprise. Now, this one I like. This one, this one I like. And let the social media fly. Go. And so in 2019, I suspect Jordan Ridley will be mm. a full-time backman. Tell, really me a little, like tell, me, tell me a little bit about Jordan. Jordan's a, um, a tallish defender, also half-forward, if he wants to be. Swingman. Swingman, composed, uses the ball well, which is why I think he'll play AFL very quickly. But that's been his trademark this year, playing in the twos, hasn't it? Yeah. How well, even the, the, the coaches were saying how well he's used the ball. Yeah. Good hands, taking a lot of marks, but he's used the ball exceptionally well. Smart, composed player. So I, I see a big future for him. Okay, so for the half-back line, I've got Conor McKenna. I the Irishman. We need pace. Um, I've got Michael Hurley. Um, there's no surprise. Autom- automatic selection. Now I've got Aaron Francis on the other side of yes. Michael Hurley. Yes. And, and I've got him as a little bit of a replacement for um, the, the guy that starts with Kelly. Bagley. Yep. Now people will say Bagley's not in the side. Um, I'm just not sure. Like I, I really struggled with this one because I where will Bagley be in two years? I'm not quite sure. So it's nothing against Bagley. If Bagley's fit, he's in the side. He's playing this weekend against Carlton. Um, put it that way, right? But in a couple a of years' time... He's a player, so I never know if if age and that's going to catch up to him. So I've just done a bit of a future look, and it was probably a bit of a, a, a look at to some kids as well. So this is no offence to Bagley, so I just want to put it out there. Look, the centre line, I've got Zaharakis... Uh, Dyson Heppel and Andrew McGrath. Andy McGrath in the midfield. He'll be in the midfield. Yeah, by 2019, he better be in the midfield. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John, no, not the three. No, that's right, no, no, but yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> but yes. Uh, half forward, I've got Fantasia, Joe Danaher, and Josh Begley. My man, the fridge. The fridge, the fridge in. The so, eastern suburbs, Bogan. I love it. I love it. Put that fridge in. So, um, and forward line, I've got Stuart. I've still got Hooker there. Yes, I agree. No, I don't want to hear people it. People are probably going to roll their eyes at me. No, nope, he's but, a forward. He's but, a forward. But we've got too many good backmen. Um, yep. Uh, for me to be concerned about Cal just getting better as a forward, which I think he will get better as a forward. He definitely needs to work on his kicking action. There's Absolutely. no doubt about that. But he's still going to end up with 40 goals. Um, so I, people, I saw people on Twitter saying maybe we should trade him. Oh, and, but, Seriously, people. And, and so I kind of suggested to him, are we trading him in for a 40-goal kicker? Yeah, because like, which one is available at 40 goals? No, yeah. Nobody gets traded or gets released by their club yeah. if you're scoring 40 goals a game. doesn't matter if you take marks on, bloody, on the goal line and, and stuff up every now and then. 40 goals is 40 goals, and it's invaluable. Sometimes you're a little bit too emotive after a performance like that. And it's I, fully supporters. Under, I, no. I fully understand Hooker had a shocker <laughs> and there's things to work on, but there's so much there to also appreciate about Hooker. Yep. And one being structure, one being about 
bringing the ball to ground to Waller and Fantasia. Yep. There's a whole lot of things that are more than just the the sometimes mistakes by Hooker. Um, but he is going to kick goals. So forty and, of them, in and, fact. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and look on the other side of him, I've got Waller, which is not. <laughs> No, easy, no, easy pick. No easy pick. Science. So the followers, I've got Bell Chambers in the ruck still. Lohenberger, yeah, I've just got him just ahead of Lohenberger um, in a couple of years. So Darcy Parrish right in the guts. Um, Love it. I think that's where he belongs. Love that blonde hair flowing. Um, and I've got Zachary Merritt in the other. Automatic so that's, selection. That's automatic. So on the interchange bench, um, I've got Langford. So... I've structured the interchange bench because this is how I see modern football. It's pretty much four midfielders um, to come in. So I've got David Myers. I've got Jane Laverde. Laverde. Carl Langford. Laverde. Thank you. Carl Langford, which I believe will be a, a... Pretty much a future midfielder, and then, and then look at this Much. one, and look at this one, Kobe Much. I've got the Kobe Much in 2019 in our side, so I really like what I'm seeing. 23 possessions again on the weekend, just constantly gets those numbers. I'll tell you what, if if the fridge is my man, Kobe Much is yours. I reckon, like you've you've got big wraps on him. He's a smart player, gets the ball a lot. Uh, I think as he gets older and more and more mature, he'll be a really big player for us. One one player that's not on that side that I want to see in there. Is your namesake? Oh, Ben McNeese. Yeah, of course. I, I'd no. like. I'd, I'd, but, but no. Okay. So, um, yes. Well, he'd have to. He would have to beat Ridley or Gleeson or kind of like that. But yeah, I suppose. But, um, look, there's obvious. There's obviously outs, and obviously Job's not in there. But I think we all know by 2019 he's likely not playing. Yep. I actually have Goddard not in there, which is an interesting one. Um, it is a bit 50-50 whether he plays after two years. Yeah, I think I think one more for I Goddard. Think one more, and yeah. then we'll see. Um, so I've I've kind of just gone with that view. Um, but like you said, it's a, it's the team for twenty nineteen, yeah. and mate, I, I like that team. I like the quickness. Yeah. I like the key the position. Most hard, the most hard done by is Hartley, so I have to apologise to him because he is one. He is improved out of his sight. I had to go between him and Ambrose because um, I really do feel like Francis is going to take a leap forward in a couple of years um, and his talent might be just a bit too much to resist. So I just think Ambrose, like I've said before, just when the ball hits the ground, it's just that they got a little bit tougher. Just um, Hartley's still got to work on that side of his game. He's brilliant at punching. Um, he's just got to... There's two areas Hartley has to work on. One... It's just giving away too many cheap free kicks. Like he's holding his man too yeah, much. Yeah, sometimes he doesn't have to do and that. And he doesn't have to. Like yeah. Sometimes he's we're actually got numbers back and we're, covered, yeah. we're covering the guy and he's still getting a, giving away a free. But two is also when the ball hitting the ground. Just It, it doesn't seem like he's an overly physical player. Yeah. And I think Ambrose has got that part covered and, and provides the same sort of punching, I guess, ability and sticking on your man. So that's, I agree. That's all I can go by. But look... It's it's very very close. So Hartley's obviously, if Hartley's in, I'm not really too concerned. No, no I'm but more than me, happy. Ambrose just has that little bit of extra speed to to stick with the um, I guess the the rewalts and all those kind of similar. Not that that's an issue like, anymore. No, <laughs> I think he's bored and kicked him out of the game. Yeah, right. I don't want to play on Ambrose anymore. So um, then. Well, we come to a very. This is this is a great one. This is I'm I'm really going to enjoy this. I think you've you've done a lot of work, a lot of work here, a lot of uh, a lot of clips that you've found for this one. This is the uh, the top five most important moments since 1980 for Essendon. Now let me let me reread that. This isn't this isn't just the top five highlights of 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 James Hurd's goal v West Coast or something like that. This is the top five most important moments for the Essendon Football Club. Things that really changed the direction of the club, changed um, the the image of the club and really improved or otherwise um, how Essendon was perceived and, and how we've moved forward since 1980. I really like this topic from you. It's, yeah. uh, I like it. So take it away. Well, now, this was even harder. <laughs> this took me a while. So, but you um, love this. You, you're very good at it. Um, so, yeah. So, just reiterating, it's what had a significant impact on the club. Yep. Um, moments. Um, and so, look, I'm going to mention 
um, the ones that didn't make it that probably still need to be mentioned. So I have the um, the crowd standing ovation at the North Loss last year. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was a really <coughs> special moment. Um, Everybody, all the commentators yeah. were the same thing. It was something that's just the, the fans really appreciating the players and their effort, knowing that half the side's out. I bet um, you the players remembered that as well. Mm. I've got Sarakis, um game winner on Anzac Day. That's a hard one to do. Oh, out. man. That was a hard it's, one. It's, I think it ticks the highlight of all highlight boxes. Yeah. But is it a, like a really important yeah, did it moment? Yeah, transform the club. No. no that's, that's but gun, gun moment. One of the hard ones to miss out was Hurd's goal against Eagles after, oh. after as Quartermain would say, after a horrible week. Yes. Um, that was a hard one because it was just such a magic moment for me personally. Give the man a hug. Yes. Um, <laughs> I uh, got the 69-point comeback against North. Just a, oh. a brilliant game. Again, these are like game day highlights. Absolutely. magic moments. Absolutely. And I might do a list another time of just... Oh, just, just awesome moments. Awesome, the, my favourite five games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll do that soon so we can do that. Um, this one came really close. This is probably came six. So if I had a top five, this came six. This was the Matthew Lloyd three-way trade deal with, free, oh. with Fremantle. Now, this was, I had this as fifth and then I kicked it out and then I had it back at fifth. and then I kicked, So we obviously gave up, I think it was Ridley and Delaney and a few other, and, and another guy. Ridley, Delaney and kick and it. we got Matthew Lloyd out of it. Yes. And we obviously striked at the right time because they were a new franchise basically. Yep. Um, but that obviously had a huge impact. Um, one of the other moments was Lloyd's 13 goals against the Swans. And I actually just had as a special mention actual our move to the True Value Solicit. Solar Center, as that's obviously had a fairly big impact. It's world, um, world we class. We haven't kind of seen the fruits, total fruits of it yet. Um, obviously, because of the saga, um, it feels like we actually need to settle as a club, which we have, which we have this year. Absolutely, to actually use all its capability, see what we can get out of it, um, and and judging by the plans I saw, and 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 hopefully we get um, access to the. Uh, a women's side um, and they're going to develop more on the centre that would be awesome I really so, I really loved the plans that they had for that so let me go to number five number five I wish there was we a need drum like a drum roll, roll. Yeah. A drum roll. we'll, figure, we'll figure that out we're going to have that yeah right yep. so let's go insert drum roll here five Hollerin handball wide for long backs inside How awesome was that crowd? Love it. Love it. So that's obviously the 1993 prelim against the Adelaide Crows. 42 points down. 42 points down. And we run them off their feet in the second half and win and get into the grand final and pretty much it was the birth of the baby bonners absolutely um so that was like a big moment in the club we still always talk about the baby bonners even now yep. so um mccurry I, I thought legend that, that was a particular game where yeah it just had a big impact on the whole club that whole year we were not meant to even really make finals so to get to the prelim but then be 42 points down and then win the game and then go against Carlton, our rivals, the next week. Yep. And win the grand final. Oh. That was like a big moment for the club. It's a, it was a, it took massive leaps ahead um, as a club. The, the, again, the Baby Bombers, they say it for a reason because they those kids were too young. But we had real class. We had Mercury and those guys. Wanganine. And yeah. Wanganine. And, and real oh. class. And, and it, it, was a, it was a game changer for us. So, yeah. absolutely. What's that, number four? Okay, number four. No sound clips for this one. So I thought about this, and this might have some controversy because our recruiter often gets criticised, um, which I can understand in the early years, but I think of late he's been fantastic. I've actually gone with the 2013-14-15 draft. Now, obviously, 13 and 14, we got stripped of our first and second round picks, yep. which should cripple a club. 
Like in all honesty, for a lot of years, for a lot of years, if you can't get a player over over (coughs) under pick forty, then you're in big trouble. Yep. Um. So we obviously had those restrictions, and we had obviously players leaving as well, Cremary, um, and all those sort of guys. So out of that, in 2013, we picked up Zach Merritt for pick 26, Fantasia pick 55, and Ambrose as a rookie selection. Um, in 2014, with the same restrictions, we we worked our way in getting some lower picks, and we got Kyle Langford at pick 17. Yep. Ja- Jaden Laverde, lower day. Nicely done. <laughs> at pick 20. Um, and then we had Conor McKenna that year as a rookie, rookie and selection. could have had any club in the comp. Everybody yep. wanted him yep. and came to Essendon. So now we're going to 2015. Then we got Darcy Parrish, pick five. Aaron Francis, pick six. Michael Hartley, pick 68. And Waller as that rookie year. Yeah. So there's 10 senior players in three years. That are playing right now. That are playing pretty much right now. Yep. And not because not because they're the only players that can play either. They're they are some of the first selected in the team. That's the significance. I, I think that Zach Merritt um, and Orazio Fantasia in the twenties and when where was Raz? Uh, Fifty five. Fifty five. Yeah. Razio Fantasia is playing, and I said this the last time we watched him play. Razio Fantasia now is performing for us like a top ten draft pick. Yeah, like if he was if he was in the top ten of a draft and he started kicking the amount of goals that he's doing and what he's doing for us, you'd go, "Yep, that's a top ten talented AFL footballer." Well done. But to get him at fifty odd, I have I have one sentence to say: Thank you, Nathan Nathan Bassett. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Nathan Bassett. Yeah, well, see, and I know people comment; they'll go, they'll pick out the uh, the the other names that sort of haven't come on, but you got to understand every team and go have a go through every team's selections in the last in a three-year gap and see who's playing seniors absolutely it's very rare like if you get very one or hard two to find yeah if one so, or two come off then yeah. it's it's great good for you so to, to have like these aren't you know like you said you know the fantasia and merits and walla and you know ambrose and mckenna these these guys are really big players Yep. So, and and to get that many players now playing in the same side, yeah. it's worth its weight in gold. So to me, what should have been a situation with two years of drafts, sort of sanctions, I guess, um, where we probably would have been a bottom six side after the saga, just without being to redevelop a side. Yep. We're now looking at the moment like a team where we're really confident in the next three, four years of only getting stronger and we're, we're around the eighth to ninth mark now one year back we're we're one year back and we're knocking on the finals doors yeah and there's no doubt we're playing footy and like we mentioned before it's the under 25s who are really are beating up 100% agree so look I've got that as a significant moment because I really do believe the club had to actually sit down and say we've got to get better and it kind of forced the club the saga to get better at a whole lot of areas yep and we had to recruiting was so critical because we had to just find gold out of out of very we had to we, we couldn't we couldn't yeah. walk up into the top tens we couldn't be in the top twenties or yeah. for a lot of those ones like we had to find Raz because Nathan was thinking about how we're going to get players there and and Zach Merritt we we grabbed him and, yeah. and that sort of stuff is worth its weight in gold I would have had it seriously I would have had that higher uh, on my list because I reckon. And hopefully one day, maybe we can get Xavier on this podcast or something. I'm going to ask him that question. It's got to be significant, the work that Dodoro did and the rest of the Essendon Football Club club did to not just accept the sanctions, well, we had to accept the sanctions, but not just meekly sit there and go, well, that's us for the next five years. We've got to rebuild and, and then all this sort of stuff. They didn't do that. They went out and obviously did their homework. They went out and got Connor McKenna. They went out and sourced Paddy Ambrose. They went and, and looked at Hartley yeah. and said, I can use him. They've got... But even even in the in the case of, of when we had to use top-ups and we got Mitch Brown and we got we got Kelly and we got, and we've still got the fruits of them now. Absolutely. Like we're still... We're still going. Oh, these are proper senior players, and like getting Begley for a uh, Begley, 
Bagley from the VFL getting Hibbard before he left from the VFL as well. Mm. I think it's very, very smart what they've done. The the mm. the off field and the recruiting and that sort of stuff. I reckon we are the envy of the of the AFL for along yeah. those lines. I mean, sure, anybody can go and get Josh Kelly or or Dusty and that sort of stuff and just yeah. turn your club instantly into a good team. But we've found Orazio Fantasia, who's one of the top small forwards in this comp, um, at pick fifty odd. And I, mm. I think that's a that's a great one. What's yeah, up next? Yeah. Yep. So look, that comes down to number two, um, and <laughs> this might have some debate as well. But I've got to put it in because I think it, at the time, transformed the club in many ways. Um, a little bit more controversial the last couple of years, but I think this name is too big not to mention. And the draft pick is 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 so incredible that we got him at. So in nineteen ninety. At pick 79, Essendon select James Hurd. Oh. Now, yeah, I know people know that I love the guy, but I have him at number two because it was such a significant, um, had such a significant effect on the club of what he brought to the club. Yep. When you think of grand finals, Norm Smith, Brownlow's medals, yep. captain, um, just, and even the effect on to fans. Um, he brought so much to the Essendon Football Club that I had to put him as number two because we oh. picked him at pick 79. He wasn't pick one 79. or two. Yeah, from Canberra. Somewhere in Canberra we picked that so, kid uh, and I just he's, felt he's like that was, a, that was a big moment for the club, that picking up of James Hurd. Um, so I, I, I don't care what anyone says if they think we're all Hurd lovers or anything like that or... I'm unabashedly from the highest yard arm on top of the tallest building, a herd fan. I don't yeah. care. I, I will still the best Essendon player I've seen, so. without a shadow of a doubt, man. Like uh, what he's done for that club, yeah. he he did it all. He did midfield, forward, back. He, yeah. he won games off his own boot. Almost killed himself. Almost so. killed himself for that club, and then went through all the crapola after that that he went through for the club. Mate, he, he, if you put him at number one, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even blink at it. But yeah, absolutely perfect selection. Yeah. So that now leads to the big number one. Uh, so what is, do I find is the most important part of Essendon history since I was born? I did nineteen eighty, really because I was six years old then. So yep. <laughs> so after that is really when I sort of had a clear understanding of Essendon Football Club. And Ready? Social media feedback, the lunchtime catch up at gmail.com. We want to hear about it. This is the number one. And this is the number one. And look, I think many will agree with me on this one. But this is, to me, still the most exciting game I've ever watched. Hawthorne leading 68 to 45, only 23 points, anybody's match. Burn and Madden, knocked down by the Essendon player, picked up by Williams. Essendon swing into attack. They want a goal quickly. In front is O'Halloran. This is their goal. Baker puts it through. That's what they wanted. And we've got a game on our hands again. Three goals to Baker. And the scoreboard, 10-8-68 to 6-15-51. Set about. Five points the difference. Can the Bombers go on with it? Byrne tries to come out of the pack. It's Williams setting the Bombers back into attack. Hubbard goes there. Baker taps the ball on. Oh, beautiful play. Goes for a goal. And I think they've hit the front. Yes, they're in front of So how good is Leon Baker? Leon Baker, I loved him. That's some of the best childhood memories you'd ever want as a kid. Um, that was that was the game that, for me, the reason we are a big club in the in sort of modern terms um, was that moment, that last quarter. So I've really got it as number one as the last quarter of 1984 Grand Final. Brilliantly commentated too by Louis the Lip oh, to, to have that moment yeah, with Louis. Yeah, you realise how much, how much you miss him, eh? Yeah. But um, you were saying about uh, Terry Wallace on that time. You were saying Yeah, earlier. so Terry Wallace actually mentions that last quarter and he mentions that Leon Baker blind turn goal. Um, and he always stated that he felt when he kicked that goal, that one that was the loud, his, loudest he's ever heard a football crowd. Um, and he says he always thinks back to that moment and, and says that's the the goal that he felt that launched Essendon into sort of the power that it is today. Um, it really unleashed the club into a whole different 
stratosphere, I guess. Because we, we weren't that successful before that, were we? No, we just had a long stretch of yeah. no success. And so that's what I remember even being a young kid. I would have been about 10 years old then. And, uh, and prior to that, it was pretty miserable. So that was like the time where I was so excited. And, you know, it's always great. There's not many grand finals where you actually come back. A lot of grand finals are decided pretty one-sided. Yeah, I agree. So that was just a magical memory, magical names all over oh, the park. Yeah, absolute, so, absolute. It's um, really folklore. Everybody yes, knows the names. I mean, Daisy Williams, Out of the Middle, Leon Baker, Louis the Lip. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, Simon Madden tapping to Daisy Exactly Williams. right. And then, and then a couple of Watson goals at the end and... And I think Essendon fans have a real soft spot for that Merv Neagle goal on the wing to, oh, to finish off the game. And swerving. Just, I it's love such a beautiful picture of Merv Neagle, uh, of what he is. And, he was smooth as silk yeah. on a wing, that boy. So it's just, just a magic, magical time for everyone at the club. And, and you're right, it really did set us up for the 80s success... Yeah. Right through into the 90s and then 2000 yeah. and yeah. It, this is probably our longer stretch now again yeah. where, where hopefully we can have another 1984 moment Yep, sort of coming up. Agree. Um, but yeah, that was where, you know, when we talk about our big membership and our Chuvayu Soul Centre and everything like that, the, the build-up really to me was launched from that game. Um, just us and how... I guess our brand and, and how we were seen in Victoria was just got so much bigger. Um, so I had that as number one. Uh, let me know what you think. Yeah, um, let him know. Social media. Let us know. The Lunchtime Catch-Up at Gmail. Tell us all about it. Tell us what you think. Give us your top five. Um, tell us what you think of, uh, of ours. And I mean, uh, Scotty and I have, learned, have known each other so long that, I mean, his list is pretty much exactly the same as mine. So um, tell us what you think of our list. Um, I think... You, you could have put Hurdy at number one. You could have put uh, that other, the the one that's there at the moment at number one. But uh, it's an interesting thing. Made us really think about some old Essendon, um, some old Essendon games, and some great Essendon moments. It's a, it's something fun to do yourself. I think yeah. to just take take some time out, just sit in front of YouTube or something, and and try and look for these moments that you remember. It, it absolutely brings a smile to your face. So. Pretty much we're going to wrap things up, but um, we like to do on the odd occasion a quick movie review. Um, I think we're going to the movies this weekend. so We, might we are going to the movies this weekend. I think we're seeing maybe Baby Driver, so we might yeah. have a review of that next week. Yeah. Um, we're going to give you some Margaret Pomerantz right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> David Stratton. David Stratton. Um, I'm, I'm David Stratton. Um, no, <laughs> you got in so quickly. Absolutely. Um, so I was actually um, wanted to see Nice Guys for a while, so... I, I'm going to talk about Nice Guys um, with Russell Crowe and... Um, the Gosling. The Gosling. The, the jawline, yeah. <laughs> the man who, if he turned up on my doorstep, I'd never see my wife again. Yes, basically. Yeah. So, look, I really, really liked it. It was, it was actually a really big surprise. Um, quite humorous. Um, if people who are a little bit of film buffs, if, you're, if you remember a film which is probably my top 10 of all time called LA Confidential... It's done in the same sort of genre and same sort of style Era. yeah. as, as that um, sort of a crime thriller, but a little bit more comedy in this one. Um, but Russell Crowe is really good. Um, Gosling is actually quite funny. He's got some timing. He's he got does, some he has timing, got some yeah. comic timing, that guy, which is amazing. And same for Russell Crowe. Like he's, I think they've given him some good lines because there's some real funny writing in the thing. Yeah. So it would be pretty hard not to be funny. But it, it, it's interesting. Russell's a dramatic actor. He's done dramatic roles. He's, he's done that stuff. But to see him crack the odd sort of joke, some of it's, it's physical. But I liked his timing. And, and Gosling, they played off each other very well. Yeah, it was a really good film. So um, it's a surprise film, I reckon. Like yeah. maybe not a lot of people have done it. So if you if you can get it on Foxtel or um, or something like that, give it a burl because it's a, and and watch it all the way through. Really good yeah. flick. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. It's a it's a movie that didn't get really much publicity, um, but I highly highly recommend it. It's really entertaining, really funny, um, with a really really clever script. Cool. Um, but that's it. Podcast number five is done again. Done. We appreciate. We found out that we have like. 10 people in Scandinavia and 9 people from Thailand and 
and eight people from Germany and and um, so all those countries. Um, I know I've got some eight in Canada, which I fear is my family, is relatives. <laughs> but sh- no, we're, we're, but, uh, we're international. We're international. We're flying. We're international. I think we covered uh, twenty-one countries. I uh, d- download our podcast. It's so, the, the global domination. We're going for global domination. So basically, thanks for all the Essendon fans on, on holidays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's exactly right. So, thanks for all the Essendon fans on holidays. Send us an email. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be cool. Or send us a social media something to say, yeah. listen. Sitting on Phuket, on Caron Beach, or something like that, listening to the lunchtime catch up. That would be brilliant yeah. for us. But and a good no. friend, Alex Shelton, thanks for listening. Alex Shelton, too, yes. We, uh, we, we heard you're listening. Um, g'day, mate. Thanks for listening. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's it for another week. Uh, thank you so much. Look, we um, got some really good guests coming up. We really want to get more into the guest mode. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to do that. And so. We've just been crying out for some technology to arrive, so it's a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Um, so again, sorry for the audio, but I hope you can just put up with it and enjoy the show. We're going to have some um, real good guests coming up. Yeah, so um, Joe Mercidi, uh contacted me this week and said he'd love to come on the show and discuss. So we'll have Talking Joe, that's so awesome. We may have had acceptance from a certain CEO at a club that we I, We can't say too much. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and an SEN commentator saying they might come on. Yeah, That's look, all of, the, all of these things. So, look, so we've got some fun stuff coming up and we really want to sort of launch it into the next sort of, um, I guess, stratosphere and, and, and just have it really propel into a, a really big podcast. Um, we're going to have a website up um, by the end of this week as well. Um, and you can, as always, you can get hold of us. Give us any ideas, any things you'd like to talk about, any feedback on the podcast, anything um, at all, basically. You want to have a chat to us, um, shoot us an email, thelunchtimecatchup at gmail.com. Yeah, if there's a subject you want to talk about, even if it's another sport or anything like that. Yeah, if, absolutely. If you want us to talk NFL, and NBA, or anything like that, you've got a question, feel free to. Um, obviously, in the off-season of, of when the AFL is finished, we'll have some discussions on other topics and yeah. we'll make it probably a bit more entertaining and fun and be a bit more silly um but yeah so thanks guys for listening see you again next week and go bombers beat those blues please and please turn up yeah absolutely see you later guys see ya.